0: Thank you so much for joining me for episode five of the Shortest Speaks With podcast. My name is Shorter Dunbar and I hope everyone is well. Now, I don't know anything about astronomy, but thankfully, my good friend Antonio Apostolico does. And he was kind enough to join me to talk all about astronomy And answer my questions about it and basically talk to me as if I were a small child about astronomy. We speak naturally about aliens and about different planets and about uh, different questions that people have about the universe. So with that, uh, please enjoy. So I am delighted to be joined by my good friend Antonio Apostolico, who uh, was a reporter. And you, were, you have a background in astronomy and astrophysics, two things which I know nothing about. So, <laughs> so first That's of all, good, right? hello, Antonio, how are you?
1: Hello, very well, very well, considering the stranger time you're living in, like, I can't complain.
0: At yeah, the to, at, at the time of recording, we well, we're both in, I- in Ireland, and we're still well. We're kind of leaving lockdown, although it's we're we're going from one lockdown to a slightly less strict lockdown. <laughs> yes, <actually>. From <laughs> I call
1: it <the> lockdown 2.0. We <laughs> just exited.
0: But uh, but yeah, no, we're as we saw, we've we've known each other many years now uh, where you're still talking to me for some reason and now you've uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've very kindly agreed to come on to this podcast. Absolutely, um, pleasure. No, so, no, thank you so much because I've always wanted to talk to you about astronomy but I just it's never come up in conversation really. It's uh, it's hard like when you're having lunch together you say, so Anto, can you tell me about, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, tell me about astronomy? So now I want you to just think that during our conversation that you are speaking to a very very young child
1: (laughs) like uh, funnily enough that's actually during my my college time like one of the exam was actually presenting an astronomy or like a scientific like topic to a child of 12 12 and that was actually a great a good exercise that teachers like being an expert in science, it's great, but be able to explain science to someone that is not actually able to understand or doesn't have like the background, the knowledge, the math, and the physics behind, is actually sometimes harder than understanding difficult concepts like a black hole or <laughs> any other scientific like yeah argument. So yeah, that was actually one of the that we did. I had to explain, like what, like the topic that I choose at the time was actually. The evolution of a star, as a star is born and actually as it die, different thing. And it wasn't that easy trying to explain that to someone that doesn't know anything about science. So yeah, that's actually you know a good but exercise. It was.
0: You'll be putting that study into practice today with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I, I knew the exam was like... <laughs> I, yeah. I was never good at science uh, at, at school, if, uh, as my science teacher could, uh, could probably tell you. that I, I don't know how I passed the exam. <laughs> Somehow did. I did. <laughs> but I did, despite not really understanding. And I've always been fascinated by science and by you know astronomy and space, but I don't really understand it at all. So I'm hoping to... Yeah to get some more understanding. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Um, hopefully, So, so well, as, as you mentioned, you know, because, you know, now, nighttime, you know, I look up at the stars and this year, more than any other time, I wish, God, I wish I was up there. I wish I was in space right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably better than living on Earth. but. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I think a lot yeah. of people just... That the dream to be a Mars on the moon, just be away from everything that was happening on our planet. But still, our planet's beautiful. It's, like, unique. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we should probably uh, be happy to be here and try our best to
0: improve yes. <laughs> like, our well, life that's... and someone
1: else's life in our planet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now,
0: now is a great opportunity to do that. So
1: Exactly. Um
0: So I suppose the first question I wanted to ask you then is, um how, how did, when did you first... Discovered interest in astronomy and astrophysics? You know, how did you, because as far as I know, it's not something that you just fall into, it's a specific kind of subject matter. So, how did you get into astronomy and when did you first develop an interest in it?
1: Okay, so I think so. The passion for astronomy, I think it started when I was a child. And growing up in a neighborhood like uh, on the outskirts of Rome was was like not one of the best areas of Rome. So there was not actually so many reconnection activities. So one of the main, probably possibly the only place to gather for kids were actually the local church. And the local church, which every summer was organizing camping trip. So I was going to uh, a camping trip every summer since I was probably about nine. And one of the things that I love to do at like nighttime, stay up until late, most of the time, not even sleeping in the tent, stay by the fire and looking at the sky, especially when you are on a mountain like and it's so high and far away from light pollution in big cities. The sky was like covered in, like like, you know, hundreds of stars. So I start just wondering, like, wow, that's beautiful. What is a star? What is out there? And also, one of them, I mean, one of the oldest guys that was actually escorting us during this camping trip was a scientist who studied science at the time. It was an older guy from me, probably was 20, 25. But you know, when you're nine, you think about like someone is 25, he's like already old. So this guy was really <laughs> passionate. Yeah. It was like bringing with him always oh, like a, um, a telescope or even like naked high, we were just sitting by the fire. He was explaining to a child, like how the universe worked, what the star works. So I got really into the passion of astronomy and getting to know more to the point that I remember one of the first summers coming back home. And in winter time, I went to the local library and I got a book about like stars, black holes, origin of the universe, galaxy. That book was by Stephen Hawking. I didn't know him at the time, <laughs> it was just a random choice from the bookshelf. And I read that book at night time. Couldn't understand probably 90% of was written there, but it was still fascinating the fact that like the universe was so full of like g- strange phenomena like black holes and giant stars, galaxy, galaxy killing each other, so many things. So I was just like, okay, cool, this is really good, and I really want to know up more. So I decided, yeah, finish high school, even if I study IT and programming languages. I went to college and I saw there was a course in astronomy, astrophysics. So I just signed up, you know, even thinking twice. And this is how I get into astronomy, basically. Yeah.
0: Wow, no, that, that's great, because you were very young when you knew what you wanted to do then. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was really young. And that's why I was, for me, it was like, I need to know more about this. I don't know anything. So the only way for me is just to study and be, you know, like, became an astronomer, <laughs>
0: basically. <laughs> and what was it then what you... What you expected you know when you're studying astronomy was there any, ever any point that you thought uh oh this is not really what i expected you know this is not really maybe what what i i don't uh, know I want or yeah, yeah. Or it's, i
1: actually this is a great question absolutely especially the first year because again being able to understand like astronomy and like the physics behind the astronomy that's why astrophysics you need to master physics and math. Obviously, at that level, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. So the first year in college, we're all exam and topics and subjects about like math, physics, like basic physics to the advanced like quantum physics, lots of math, lots of formula, and bear in mind, I love astrophysics, I love science, don't really like math. <laughs> but <laughs> wow. as I always say, math is like, if you want, if you're a writer, Maths is your pen. It's the basic tool that you need to have to understand. So for me, the first year was really tough because you were studying a lot of maths, a lot of physics, and know a lot of, about astronomy. So that was really hard. Like Sometimes I even think you like, oh, I should probably give up, but I didn't. So starting from the second years, you start to start, you know, study subjects like you know, astronomy, astrophysics, and all everything connected and go to a lab, go to an observatory. So when, and then like the passion would just like flare up again. So that gave me the motivation to keep going. But yeah, it's not easy at the beginning if you're not really mm. passionate about maths. Yeah, there's a lot of maths in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine being, you know, an, ast- well, an astronomer from what I imagine, making all these calculations. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, big computer help us, but at the same time, it's not that easy. You need to understand if it's, the physics and the phenomenon behind, because otherwise, you know, like, yeah, you wouldn't get to the point
0: right, where that, you can
1: actually explain, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did, did my, my image of astronomy and astronomers, now I'm sure it's completely wrong, completely Hollywood, but it's that you all work with uh, white lab coats in an observatory with a big, massive telescope, and all of you are crowded around together. Maybe, maybe social distancing now, <laughs> but you're crowded <laughs> around the telescope, looking up at the stars. The scars? around the stars, rather. The stars, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, what is it actually like, though? Is it like that at all, or do you, did you work in an observatory yourself, or?
1: I did a few like an internship in the in the observatory. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's a really romantic image, which <laughs> is not far from reality for the truth. That's how it started. Actually, even to get far back, like we start like the first astronomer, like the Sumerian, and then the Egyptian, they were a great one, and the Greeks as well. Like they, they started all of them, like just lying down and looking at the star with a you know naked eye. Obviously, then. With Galileo and so on, we developed and invented telescopes. And that telescope actually opens up like a, a big window on the observable, observable universe. And yeah, at that time, the astronomer was the guy in the dome alone, maybe night, all night long, observing the universe, taking a lot of like numbers, calculation, then developing the theory behind. Nowadays we have computers, we have like Hubble telescope. (laughs) The most famous one, I'm assuming you've heard about it, is the Hubble telescope, which is like orbiting around the Earth. So everything is connected to (laughs) computer. So everything is connected to computer. We have like, you know, with internet and that. So like most of the time working is like on the front of computer in a science lab, when you gather information, you analyze data and you just you know develop theory or you try to prove theory. One of the interesting thing about like astronomy is like like the scientific method that we all know, we observe a phenomenon, we try to reproduce in the lab and we write the law and the formula behind it. Obviously astronomy is slightly different because of course we can observe assor- the sky, the phenomenon in the sky, sometimes with the, you know, telescope and other different type of, like, instrument that we use, at the same time, it's not possible to reproduce in the lab most of the time. So, for example, it's not possible to reproduce a star in the lab. That would be destroying our planet. (laughs) (laughs) So... We're, 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 doing
0: doing that that already. The, we're doing that yeah, already
1: we're doing that we are going on a good track Yeah, <laughs> hopefully no but yeah so some, so we use a reverse scientific method where you actually observe the phenomenon you study the law you study the data and you try to see if your law or the formula that you already created actually match again what we observe in the universe so yeah nowadays is a lot of computer and like you know Depends all of on the field, because astronomy is a big field, there's a cosmology, there's so many, yeah, so many fields and so many interests of research, yeah, but at the same time, yeah, it's <laughs> not like that before. Still, you use telescope, There's still like, we like to surf the sky, but yeah, it's not like it used to be before, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, it's more, more computer-based, as you mentioned. Ah, yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. satellites and. something.
0: But but you made a very good point um, earlier about uh, ancient Egyptians and Greeks because that when they as far as I know, when they built uh, the pyramids and um, I believe the what is it the husco or Cusco lines in peru peru um, they and they they are Built as far as I remember reading, they're built exactly. I think on point with um, with the stars or something. There's a lot of calculations, yeah. and this was back three like three or four thousand BC. Do we know how they got the calculations to be? And Stonehenge, of course um in the uk and um over here as well i can't remember the one in ireland in yeah no, like a, a new, new, grange. new grange that you know yep. with, the, with the sun on the 21st of december and 21st of june that'll pass by that exact spot so of, they had the calculations exactly right around the world at the time without the modern technology do Absolutely, we yeah. do, do we know how they did it or is that still a mystery or do we <laughs>
1: most of the time is still a mystery like especially if we, when we start from the egyptian for example the pyramids like so now there's a lot of theory about like pyramids like just like a as more like a fun fact the pyramids they're so old that during like hagus or Julius caesar in rome they were really ancient for Romans on the time. Yeah. So talking about like, so we don't know a lot of that about them, but the way that they mean, some of people they say, oh, they used to have a laser to build the pyramids because this, or the blocks alien. are exactly, <laughs> or aliens, someone who it like But to come back to your point about like alignments, like mm. there are a few, there's so many theories. One of the ones that they told me that I actually truly believe that it probably could be possible is that the three pyramids are like exactly aligned with the tree star there are in the Orion Belt, which is one of the most visible constellations, especially in winter time. If we are we live in Dublin, so most of the time it's cloudy. But probably <laughs> it's not cloudy <laughs> now. If we just step out or open the window, we'll be able, even in the city lights, pollution, we'll be probably able to see the three star of Orions. They're really, really bright in the night nice sky, especially in the winter sky. So probably that could be something that like the Egyptians wanted to align it probably was, a, to come back, like back in the day, science and religion was a, the same thing. So mm. as you say, even New Grange or Age, like observation, people were just observing, observing the sky and like astronomical phenomena, like, you know, the winter solstice or the summer solstice become part of our day life. So like for agriculture or for religious functions. So like, that's why temples, most of the time, like what we think are temples, they were probably both temple and a an observatory for the ancient. They used to use like the ziggurat, which was the like the pyramid and the Sumerian and the Babylonian. Like they were probably like a way to be up in the sky and observe the sky. And like most of the time, like priests, high priests were actually also scientists, the first astronomer. Mm. So yeah, that was something that was quite normal back in the day. And yeah, that's probably. Yeah,
0: wow that's a very very succinct very very good explanation you know very you know to the point as well because um, you know other people could spend you know hours trying to explain but you did a really good job again you're explaining it as if i'm a child yeah thanks yeah,
1: yeah like yeah like to give you like a point one of my favorite villages in italy is called calcutta which is not a big city in india but yeah not calcutta <laughs> it's spelled differently but some the same in english and it's a tiny little village, probably 30 people live in there. And the first time that I went to this village, one of the things that actually like caught me by surprise, there were like three thrones, like three high chairs made out of stone. One of the local artists create them, different size and places on the main square. And as soon as I stepped in, I was like, that's an odd like sculptures. We have like just three giant chairs. And then I look at them and I was like, wait a second, are those chairs aligned with the Orion belt? And they, I was, I say that that loud, and it was this guy, it was actually, the artist was sitting in the square. He just walked towards me and I said like, I'm the guy that created those stars. Like, you are the first, one of the first one actually realizing that. I was like, well, because the way they're, and it was also during the day. So to come back to the point, even nowadays, we're still fascinated mm-hmm. about the stars. And we still build some time like sculpture or temples or building that are aligned with the stars. I don't know if it's something built in in human mind to mm. want to connect with the sky, so we actually recreate what we see in the sky on earth.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it is mind blowing that even here is, to yeah. this day. But it's kind of like we've, you know, made advancements, but then kind of gone back because I'm reading Bernard Cornwell's books, which is set during Viking times, and the main character, well, the narrator said, you know, when they passed through the Roman settlements, and the main character mentioned, "Wow, it's so amazing how." The Romans had, you know, were so advanced. And now this time, you know, well, Viking time. It seems like we've gone backwards. <laughs> I know, yeah, uh, that's, true, that's true. It's and it kind of feels. I mean, I'm certainly not going to get political or anything. But at first, you know, and, and we I don't want to talk about this for too long because I don't deserve it. But when I first saw the the flat Earth people, I thought they were joking. I mean, they have to be joking, right? There can't be people these days that genuinely believe this. Uh, Yeah, I I know. Look, we're not going
1: to, get. I should say. No. He doesn't even deserve that much time. But, like, what I'm going to say is, again, I I have the same reaction at the beginning, and then I actually evolved that thought about, like, maybe, I don't know, a lot of people maybe do believe that. But I kind of believe that most of them, they just like to create the sensational movement behind. I don't believe that when they had alone, home alone, thinking about that, they actually truly believe that. You know what yeah, I mean? I they just use it as it. a lie. Yeah, as I, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really
0: hope so. But then again, they can believe whatever they like. but Yeah, definitely the hearse is not what. <laughs> definitely. Um, okay. Well, we'll we'll move on then. Um, but th- th- before we get to astronomy, because I have some questions for you, see if you can explore. of course explain um uh, first of all you said that well i mentioned that you were also a reporter which you, you did some I think, documentary reporting first of all how did you go from working in astronomy to being a reporter and what what did you do as a reporter did you go anywhere did you uh, do any uh, any specific kind of Reporting that. Great question. I know. Like... I know. It's a great question. It's a great question. <laughs> I know. Look, in general, yeah, any, I any, have to give you a specific the type of reporting. Yes, I'm going to be a prize yeah. winner here. <laughs> I know, no, no no Like
1: is that like in general? I give you a bit of background of like. Person, I have like, I like, I'm really curious as a person. I like to explore new things. So, like, so one another thing that really interested me was a uh, first all, traveling, and second of all, like, camera and like filming. So, I always also had a passion about the camera. I was, I used to be the guy in the family with the camera on on any family event or like party weddings. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, and what happened like while I was in college study for astronomy, like, and as you say, like. Working in a research field, in the science fields, is not really that easy, especially in Italy. Like it's hard to find a job, it's hard to find also a good research program that actually give you the possibility to study and at the same time pay you, pay you well. And then, you know, we all live on, our, on this planet and we need to pay rent, bills and everything else. So as a summer job, I start to work for my local TV in Rome. And literally, as an assistant for one of the live shows they used to have every summer by the sea, and I got into the like the TV broadcast world, and then eventually I got a job there. I started as a contractor, and then I became like I've been employed full time, and that's how I get started after college work in the TV broadcast. I worked there for seven years, almost seven years before moving to Ireland. So yeah, I got into like being a reporter, video editor, director as well. And during those seven years, long, short, long story short, I developed a passion of, for documentaries. And documentaries about like different topics, but the main common line was traveling somewhere in a place to understand a situation, maybe a social situation, economic situation, political situation as well. But rather than do the classic documentary, the film, the classic documentary and tell Okay, this is what's happening because it's Kosovo, for example, I've been in Kosovo. Kosovo, oh, there's a war in Kosovo. We all know what it caused then. And we all, there's a lot of history books and a lot of website talking about it. My main goal was like telling the story through the eyes of normal local people. So I used to go there, talk with people, having an interview with people, just a chat really in a bar or in a restaurant and just tell the story. So from their point of view, which is, Most of the time, it's not what we see on on the main sources. Exactly, exactly. I I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, especially when, like, in the conflict on war zone, it's easy to say, those are the baddies, those are the good ones. That is different. When you actually go there and you talk with local people, you realize there's this big shade of, like, a big gray area between black and white, good and evil. So, yeah, that's another thing that interests me a lot was, like, just, yeah. Exploring the world, traveling the world. So I've been in Kosovo, for example, in North Africa, uh, in Tunisia, especially after the first revolution It was like seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine years ago. Um yeah, so those like the two main ones, but then across Italy, across Europe. Um yeah, I, I do I did I have a few. The last one actually fun fact that I did was one in Belfast.
0: Oh, in Belfast, yeah, that's
1: <laughs> Because for me, it was fascinating to the, like, knowing that, like, you know, all the troubles, all the, if you're from Ireland, you know about it. You're probably studying in school, you live on your own life, your families, your friends, friend of a friend. In Italy, you don't study in school, you don't know anything about it. And we always talk about, you know. The Wall of Berlin, the Cold War, which is the main topic. And then now you realize I'm here in Ireland and there's actually something that happened recently enough. So it was interesting. So I went there and I went just in Belfast, talk about like random people, Catholic, Protestants, doesn't matter, to see their point of view. And it was really interesting and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, all of them, they're like in Italian, because back in the day I was living in Italy. They are on YouTube, but yeah, probably one of my next projects would be like subtitled them. To have
0: a bigger audience, right? Yeah, they're all in Italian and no subtitles yet, but hopefully, no. they, they hopefully, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I would love to see them myself. Yeah, no, but uh, I, I mean, nor- Northern Ireland is a you know fascinating country as well. I've been yeah. there, well, I've done, of course, the Game of Thrones tours a few times, and I've yeah. been, been there visiting as well. And now, again, we'll go back to astronomy now in just a second, yeah. but it is. Just to to kind of put it into context, when I was working as an English teacher in Spain, one of my colleagues was English. Uh, Now, he's not political himself, but he said he went to Northern Ireland and he went to, you know, he's at the Chipper and he just asked for fish and chips. And because of his accent, the guy refused to serve him because of his accent. And he said that it's very strange. He said, wherever I go, but 50% of the people love me and the other 50% of people hate me. <laughs> yeah, that's the reality. Yeah, and it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very, very strange over there. It's um, and thankfully things are better now. I know,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah, but... things are better. Like, yeah, to just, you know, to recap that, exactly. Like, that's what I, that's one of the first, uh, probably the most important lesson that I learned doing my traveling around the like, reportage and documentaries. Even when I was in Kosovo, like, in Kosovo, there's this kind of, like, you know, conflict between Serbian and Albanian. Same things you would say between, like,
0: Protestants
1: and Catholics. Doesn't matter if it's, like, religion. It's, like, like language, cultural background. There's always an excuse to fight against each other. What I learned that actually gave me, hope, gave me hope, it was, like, older the generation, they still hold on into it. So as you say, that guy went to the cheaper, probably the cheaper was like, oh, I don't like this guy just because of his English accent. Mm-hmm. What I learned in Kosovo was the same. You were talking about people of like my dad generation, 60 years, they were like, mm. no, never. And then you talk with maybe someone with 40 who was like, yeah, still a problem, if I think about it, but like, I'm trying to get over it. Then you talk with like younger generation, like 20 people, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. They didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't leave that time and uh, that's how hope. hope. Yeah. Maybe come another generation and that probably will be, be solved. Forgotten. People they don't care. It's like, why should I care if my friend or my schoolmates is a different religion, are different, come from a different population, a different background. So hopefully that will explain. <laughs> and to come back to the astronomy point, exactly. I always think that, like I know it's a topic, but like we all care about like bordering and you know political like we all live on the same planet. We all exactly we are all human beings. We should care. We shouldn't care that much about like yeah. But, well, but, one yeah.
0: of the one of the times that really opened my eyes. Now, this was when I was well, you know, back twenty twenty one. Now, I come from a very small village in Ireland, <laughs> so which certainly at the time when I was growing up, it wasn't exactly very diverse. It is now more diverse. Um, but growing up, and I went to do a Spanish course and. You know, there were people from all over the world. And at first I was like, oh, my God, they they look different. They sound different. You know, I was kind of scared because I thought, oh, you know, what are they like? And then this girl from India, who, again, you know, she had, I don't know what to call the thing on her forehead and all. And that was a bit like, oh, I better be very careful what I say, you know, not to offend her. But then when she met me, I can't remember what she said, but she made a dad joke, you know, a bad joke that so, as you know, I love telling them myself. <laughs> and I would Yeah, I know. He's like me. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> loves telling these exactly. jokes of, and we became great friends. Even I know, so absolutely. and that kind of opened my eyes, like no matter where around the world people are from, that we're all kind of kind of the same, you know, we're all on this planet. And you and know, no, we, uh, yeah. we're we're all the same basically. And even like historically, the Italians and the Irish, I believe, in America didn't get on. <laughs> so no, and now they love each other. Yeah. I, think like, I work
1: for an American company, so I had the chance to travel to New York quite often. And the first time I visited New York, I was stepping into, into bars or restaurants. And then when people were asking where I'm from, I was like, I'm Italian, but I live in Dublin. People were like, hi, and Italian. This is amazing. But back in the day, we used to hate each other there. Because we were like, maybe you know, the lower class, struggling to find a job. And that was like a, a war be, you know, between mm, poor people. Yeah. And we love each other because I... Especially, you know, the Catholic background is the same, so we actually. Which is kind it of strange, yeah? Well. yeah,
0: because they were both come from two Catholic countries, so we should get on well. <laughs> See, sometimes
1: it's like condition, and the moment you leave, that actually makes like the conflict between people rather than being yourself, like Irish or Italian or exactly. religious. Well, was you say, like, you mentioned something like, you know, you grew up in a small village there's not mm-hmm. a lot of diversity and like when you met the first time someone was different from you, you were scared. I like that. When you use that word because that's exactly, even in terms of astronomy, most of the time, because I, you know, when we were like, especially back in the days, ancient people were like observing the sky sea, phenomenon, mm-hmm. and see new phenomena. and there was like, what's going on there? They couldn't explain themselves. And of course, a new thing, they were scared. So there's a lot of stigma behind like, you know, comets or like a supernova bright star in the sky. Still, nowadays, some people believe those are signs of bad luck because that's what happened. And that was like the scary thing. Like, oh, a new star in the sky, something's going on. That's a bad luck. Or like there's an eclipse now, on the moon. like a moon eclipse. Like, that's a bad luck. So, yeah, we still do that. Like, everything, every time there's something new, we are scared. I think probably it's our survival instinct, but at the end of the day, if you just get to know each other, or if you study more, or if you just talk with people, you will understand that we're actually so similar. There's nothing to be scared about.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, so if you have more knowledge, <laughs> then exactly, yeah. uh, you will realize we're all the same with you know astronomy, the stars, that it's, Fascinating, but not maybe not quite as scary, you know. Not quite, um, as scary. <laughs> No, absolutely. absolutely. Um, well, uh, now spe- speaking of which, you know, because I have a few questions since we have someone cool. who studied astronomy. Uh, yeah. see if no, it's not, not in an exam, don't worry, this is not, not going to test your, <laughs> your ability. Back in college. <laughs> so, back in college, so what is a star? No, but so just to. Just to pretend that we have some that i I have actually planned this we can do this in in some topics (laughs) um that so thinking of uh different planets then um i I suppose the first question that i have that interests me i'm sure people listening might already know but just personally out of curiosity so the planet pluto because when i was growing up that was always a planet then when i was in my 20s then all of a sudden it wasn't a planet, and there still appears to be some discussion that I see: is Pluto a planet or is it not? So, but I, I imagine when you were first studying astronomy, it was a planet. It so, was a
1: planet, indeed. Yeah.
0: So, is it is it still a planet? Is it not a planet? Is it a star? Is it a moon? Is it a, what what, what exactly course. is Pluto now? Do do we know or is it, you know are we? Are yeah, absolutely. Still, are people still that, discussing and arguing about it?
1: The argument about it, I think the majority of them, because it's just like sentimental attachment, the fact that like, oh, we used to have nine planets, now we have one less, but no. So I think like, that's the problem is like, of course, the more we go, like astronomy, like I studied astronomy, like almost 15 years ago now. And it's a huge time, or it's not at the same time, because as a new science, we're still discovering a lot. So obviously technology is advancing. So thanks to technology, we can actually, See and calculate and observe new phenomena. So sometimes we need to rescale our formula, our parameters. So, for example, it, long story short, for Pluto, is that obviously we changed our definition of a planet based of new scientifics, discovering new data that came from satellites and telescope. So because of that, we changed the parameters. Pluto went out of the list of planets. To be easy to understand, think about like our solar system, it's you know, made of like nine or eight planets. The first planets are the rocky small one. So i talk about like Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. Then the more we go further from the sun, we have bigger, giant, made of gas planets. So it's a different, and then Pluto is this tiny little rock there. So even like is like okay, probably Pluto is not really a planet, probably it was like an asteroid that was living around these kind of clouds that's surround our solar system that being trapped by the gravity of the sun and they start to rotate them around the sun. And there's so many other asteroids that are actually rotating among the sun that we discovered now. So you say, okay, if Pluto is a planet, we have so many of our other planets. So probably Pluto is not really a planet because now we know that there's asteroids like captured by the sun gravity. So that's why we just we, we changed the definition of a planet and Pluto, unfortunately, is being left out. So yeah. We out. still love it. <laughs> like, we still love it. We still love it. We still study. Like we send like, you know, like a, a satellite there. We have, last year, beautiful images of Pluto. one of the first images of Pluto, with yes, this giant great. spot, look like a heart, and it was on Valentine's Day, so it was kind of romantic at the same time, but yeah, like, we still was that, was, that, was
0: that the new discovery last year, uh, the images of Pluto? they I remember reading something, I think it was that. Yeah, yeah, yes.
1: it was, I think it was last year, two, almost two years ago, like, Twenty twenty is blended into one yeah, day, a, <laughs> and so it's hard so to come back like pre COVID, yeah, <laughs> pre COVID era. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was recent enough anyway. Last year, for sure, we got the first, the very first image of a black hole, and it looks exactly like we were
0: that's, artistically that's what representing.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably that one. But like, yeah, Pluto, like a couple of years ago, I think in two thousand and eighteen, we discovered, like, uh, we uh, we discovered, it. obviously, we we got those beautiful high definition images. Of the planet or asteroids, or whatever we want to call it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of the, yeah, of the, of the yeah, asteroids. You know, asteroids or like protoplanet
1: planet or like
0: mi, mi, mini-planet, maybe or kind of planet, planet. <laughs> sort of planet, near nearly planet. <laughs> it's still an object on our solar system, so
1: it's still exactly. part of it's our solar cool. system. It's still cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And, we still like it. And then turning to something that is a planet, at least from what I understand, which is Mars. So, as um, of course, from what from what I read as well, people are still or, or NASA, they're still thinking about how to maybe colonize mars that they're still making discoveries that i believe that they discovered that there was water or something now feel free to correct me because as i said i don't understand i don't usually understand what i'm reading absolutely is it possible so do you think in the future and so how how far away do you think we will be able to send people to mars and do you think it's worth it do you think we should because it'll probably be a one-way trip i imagine
1: um. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's a great question. I love that. And yeah, so first of all, yeah, Mars is a planet. Confirm that. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's something I know. <laughs> and
1: is the fourth one. Yeah, it's like after Earth, basically. As I mentioned before, like there's the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and then Mars. And Mars is like slightly—it's kind of like a twin planet to Earth, even if it looks completely different. And it's slightly smaller, so gravity is a little less like strong on Earth. So it's it's a good candidate if you want to think about the colonization. First of all, it's not that far in terms mm. of like you know astronomical distances. Compared
0: to Pluto, for example. <laughs> compared to Pluto,
1: absolutely, yeah. It like and then Pluto is so far away from the sun it's so we know like it's basically frozen. So yeah. Mars has a good 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 like temperature considering like the rest of the other planets in the universe in like not in the universe, sorry, in our solar system. And um, yeah, so Mars, the only difference Mars has a really thin atmosphere. So basically temperature average is like 20 degrees on the surface, but talking about like 20 centimeters or like maybe 10 inches from here. As as you go up, it's really cold. And it's like, as we see in so many movies, there's like a huge sandstorm. So it's not really a nice place as we think about it as a herd. But it's definitely worth the exploration. As I say, do you think it's worth it? Yes. Why? Because back in the really, really when the man appeared on Earth, we all know that the first man's were like in Africa. And then slowly, towards the centuries and thousands of years, men start to walk around and explore and spread out in other continents. Why? Even if the man were actually built in to be in that climate in Africa. So, some people like some people moved in, in Europe back in the day it was like frozen, high age. lots of them die. Some species that not existed now, we have one human species, but back in the day, we used to have different species that extinct itself, the diet, because they weren't built in for being in such a coldest place. Why we did that? Because that's human nature. We like to explore, we like to go, we like to see what's around. It's our brain, that's how it works. So, first of all, just for the pleasure of discovering is worth to go to Mars. Also, unfortunately, we know that our planet it won't last forever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because naturally speaking, the sun won't last forever. So, best case scenario, we still have like four billions of years on this planet.
0: Oh, is that worst odd? case,
1: <laughs> yeah, which is a lot, but it's not. It is like you say, like we are halfway through. We are halfway through. Like worst case scenario, if we keep if we keep using our planet the way we do. We don't really have a lot of money left. <laughs> so maybe we should consider to just you know exploring like uh, other planets and see and hopefully not making the same mistakes that we made on this planet. Like yeah, but yeah, absolutely, like it's definitely worth it. And it's gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's like maybe by 2030, 2040, we'll be able to send someone on Mars. And I always it's a long trip. It's not like a one way journey. I mean, like, it takes eight months. It's not, it's not that, like, it's a lot of time to spend on a spaceship in, in well, the space. All?
0: To go to Mars. Yeah. That's yeah, probably Mars. eight to nine months. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But still, still is like, uh, when we, we haven't studied, we still, we are studying now. We don't know well the effect of like low gravity on our body. We do know because we have like, you know, astronauts and scientists on the International Space Station, they stayed there for six months. And that's one of the research they're doing, see the effect of like low or zero gravity on our human. Like, well, like we are human body, we're built to be on Earth, with the same the <laughs> Earth gravity and everything. So our bloodstream, our heart, our brain, how could be affected? So we studied that. And I think we almost ready to say that we are safe to go. And uh, you know, Elon Musk and you know, all, other, like NASA as well, they're all into the project to go to Mars and start colonization. So hopefully we will see that in the future. I be mean, I will be delighted. Yeah. And to be honest with you, if someone asked me, would you like to go to Mars? I would say yes.
0: <laughs> that, that was my question, actually. You answered <laughs> it yes. like you read my yeah, mind. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the movie with Matt Damon or read the book by Andy Weir, The Martian? Uh, have you? Yeah, I
1: saw, I saw the movie, I watched it, but I didn't read the book. Uh, yeah, I find it really interesting and really like close to a reality. Course, I would yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I would like actually think about like was obviously it's a movie, it's an Oliver movie, of course, so it has yeah. to be a disaster because <laughs> otherwise there's always like a disaster there. But hopefully it won't happen. But it's cha- there's a lot of challenges, a lot of things we need to actually consider. And yeah, it's actually it's not easy to determine like terraform terraforming mm-hmm. a planet. It's not, like, yeah, that I
0: easy, imagine. that we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but... When I, well, I read the book, I think you would enjoy it, probably more than me, because you would actually understand it. <laughs> but I <laughs> found it fascinating, still. And this, You know, the great thing about that book is that it's easy enough for someone like me to just about, to at least understand the story and not to be too intimidating for someone like me. No, <laughs> um, absolutely, yeah, But yeah. also, what was interesting is with uh, Ridley Scott, the director, was being interviewed, and he said that yeah, that they, they knew that there was no storms on Mars because of the you know gravity and that's how Matt Damon's character stays there. But then he said they couldn't figure out a better way to keep him there. So they said, Oh, you know what, it's it's not a documentary, let's just have the storm and be done with it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You no, know, like they're they're like, yeah, there's, a, there's a, it's a it's a movie so 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 also entertained, but at the same time, yeah, they're not challenging. And talks about like water on Mars, so we know for sure that uh, at least I think is for sure that the planet had water in the past because we can see the feature on the planet that resemble like canyons, mm-hmm. like uh, riverbeds or what they look like lakes. So there's uh, so many places on earth, like the Grand Canyon and other places on earth that actually look, especially because we send like a robot there, we have live picture, we have videos of the Mars surface. And we know that that looks exactly like the same feature that we have here on Earth, where like water erosion. Then water disappears at some stage. We don't know, we we don't fully understand yet like how, but that's it. Like the hope for scientists, because that would be the biggest problem, colonizing Mars, bringing water with us. Water is really heavy and it costs Mm -hmm. a lot of fuel and it's not, and also, once it's over, it's over. Once you're on Mars, <laughs> we need to ship water to Mars. It's not like that easy. No, so there's imagine. a hope, like, yeah, underground. We are studying now the planet underground to see probably the water has been saved in some form, even a high swarm that can be melted. So like, yeah, there's a little like, there are few good evidence on that. And connected to that also, because we know that water is the key of life. So it's like I wonder if Mars ever had life in the past. So we're actually taking sample of the Mars Martian soil and analyzing the lab to check if there, like even some sort of bacteria or viruses or like anything that can resemble life in the past. they probably maybe there was a formal life, really complex formal life, that it was gone once the atmosphere of Mars was gone and the water. But we should still see the trace of this, like the same way we find fossil Mm. or bacteria trapped in like rocks or highs, even here on Earth. So that's an interesting study as well.
0: Wow. So it's ongoing then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely ongoing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wow. And now you, you just mentioned it there as well, because I just have one question then about this. (laughs) aliens <laughs> that yeah, is the one thing that 2020 missed out on that we you know we've had just about everything we still have a few weeks we still <laughs> have a few weeks to go so i of so recording crying. at least we've you know we've had you know plague we've had australian bushfires we've had just about everything else exactly I, exactly
1: uh, so we
0: and, and, and i know that you know people say oh if aliens do exist they'll probably be on mars or have been on mars now from what you studied in astronomy is there any possibility or has there been any, uh, a- a- any any way that people have identified that there was any possibility that there are, I mean, not just not so much aliens, but any other species that are out there, any evidence at all that was at least a possibility. And I'm not talking about the conspiracy. No? I'm not talking about, uh, no, no, no. you know, so aliens be, yeah. coming down and doing probes on us, you know, like Independence Day, which would be kind of, in one sense, could be cool, but then terrifying. But I oh, <laughs> Is there anything up there? Is there <laughs> anything at all? That's,
1: that's obviously an amazing question because mm. it probably is one of the questions that, like humanity, like humans mm. have been asking themselves since the beginning of time. <laughs> probably one of the reasons why we start also to observe the sure. sky. And that's one also, one of the questions that was, as a kid, being passionate about astronomy, that was one of the first questions, like, okay, are we alone in the universe? It's actually to tell, but obviously, what I, I gonna try to explain, like, using a scientific approach and then lead the conclusion to all our, you know, audience. So everyone can, you know, make their own answer. So-
0: Isn't that to a challenge?
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, but,
0: so what I think
1: it is, what I think it is, personally I think, okay, let's start with like describing a bit like, you know, like our universe is so big that our human mind can even conceive like the amount of space and the distances in the universe are insane. So just to make it easy to understand, approachable, like think about the universe is probably made, is an estimation, hard to tell, but we estimate that probably there are 200 billions of galaxies. Now, a galaxy is basically a huge collection of gas, dust, and stars. They're all basically held together by gravity. The classic, you know, spiral, Beautiful image we see sometimes artistic image of our universe. So, like Andromeda, our galaxy, obviously is the Milky Way. So, think about that. The universe maybe is made by 200 billions of galaxies, right? Each galaxy contains about 100 million, as an average, of stars. Astronomer had discovered, I think, I need to read because I don't remember all the numbers, but <laughs> maybe 2,500 other stars in the galaxy that can be similar to the sun. And that basically, long story short, there are probably billions of planets similar to our planet out there. Now, life has the way it's been developed on Earth. It's very likely, it could be a different type of life, but we know that there's a billions of planets similar to Earth and the universe is so huge. A lot of people think that life on Earth has been like a casualty, it's been like randomly. The universe is so big, pretty sure. That's my opinion. There must be life somewhere out mm. there, otherwise, we're really unique. We're really <laughs> an exception because there's so many, like billions and billions of stars and planets, and we are the only life form on, right. this, on this universe. Kind of unlikely. I think saying that there's no life is saying that for sure life has the same like probability. Being saying that. Because of the distances, because of the so basically everything that travels through the universe it takes long time. So whenever we observe, observe the sky and we see like a star that's five years like far away, that means the lights that we is hitting our eye it took five years to reach us. So that star in the meantime could have been dead, but we still see it mm. because the universe is so big. That the light light has needs
0: time to travel through the universe right so all the well, stars we, are dead basically because it's almost But like, yeah <laughs> well we but the good thing is like
1: the universe is a big time trial like time machine because when we observe galaxy five billion lights far away that means that what we're seeing now it's a galaxy how it was five billions years ago so for, that's for us a way to travel in space. That's why we know a lot of phenomena like how the universe evolved. Been saying that, like if maybe in a planet, there's a like civilization that was advanced, like the, what, the way we are, or even more advanced, but it lived five million years ago. So they missed us. We're never going to be able to see them. Or maybe they're going to be in the future. So time is actually is an important factor. And again, Trying to catch signal for other, like other civilization, because if we want to see them, they need to have some sort of like advanced technology. The same way, if you actually travel around the solar system, you will probably catch still radio transmission that been transmitted like during the Second World War, and now they're maybe on Pluto now. If we could have like a radio, a giant radio, we could cut that signal. So, but it takes time. And probably, we will, and the more the, the singular travel to the universe, the weaker it becomes. So it's hard to. So we need to be really lucky to be on the same level of like technology, on the same specific time, and close enough to observe other life. To come back to the point of like Independence Day, <laughs> I think that if we like, if another civilization, another form of life that is so advanced and civilized. Has the technology to travel through time and space reach us be so lucky to find us and then hide and just show some more things and then, like be so shy about it mm. i don 't think so like I think if we if we will discover another planet with another another civilization, we will just go there and say, "Hey, rather <laughs> than be like let 's be in the dark and just yeah you know see how they react, oh, this is that, yeah so it's interesting because there's a there's a, there's a scientist uh, is called Drake. It was you know it's Drake. This is the Drake equation. He actually tried to create an equation to estimate the amount of life, like the number of civilization in our galaxy in the universe. And there's a lot of factors, a lot of variables. But if we take the lower estimation, probably the answer is no. There's no civil advanced civilization in our galaxy, possibly in the universe. If we do the good estimation, so the highest probability, 15 millions. Not wow. too bad. <laughs> Again, there might be before, there will be, times is the key. So we, we need to be really lucky and be on being right. on the same we, page, We, we haven't
0: found. So we haven't found any evidence yet, but it is possible. Yes. <laughs> it is possible. I don't know if you
1: ever heard about SETI,
0: so yes, yes, Athena and yeah. American, do they send like radio signals to space? And we actually, something?
1: yeah, exactly. It said is like <laughs> yeah, for search for extraterrestrial mm. intelligence. Uh, yeah, we, we do send signals, but also it's a giant, like there's a lot radio telescope receiver. So it's basically a giant here that we have on the planet that we point towards the universe randomly. To just trying to cap any signal. And I think it's important to understand because that will change the perspective. Like, I think the day we will discover we are not alone in the universe, that will change things. Probably we probably will think that humans being are not the most invincible and unique <laughs> creature in the universe. That probably will help with all our issues on this planet. But yeah, said is actually a thing. So, like, searching for extraterrestrial like, life is not only like conspiracy theory or like. Like, you know, sci-fi, obviously it's great sci-fi, I love sci-fi movies, but it's also as like a legit, like, scientific program as well, yeah.
0: Cool. But, uh, because, didn't we, didn't we discover a planet, was it last year, a few months ago, that was similar to Earth? Or am am I going crazy? Did I read that? No, 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 no. absolutely, there's so many. No, 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 there's so many. This was on the news, wasn't it, that they discovered a planet that may be similar-ish to ours as far as I remember.
1: Actually like, discover a few, like oh, okay. Hundreds, hundreds of them. But like yeah, it's a good like every now and then I see in the news. Discover a new planet similar to Earth. <laughs> Obviously that research is important for us because like in terms of like colonization and Mars, we want to see first of all if there's any planets that would be suitable for our form of life. And also those planets might be a good candidate for form of life, the way we for know, us. like <laughs> water, yeah, most of the time, like water, carbons, like based on carbon, yeah, so like that's, so that's really likely that like, if there is the same condition of like, same temperature, water condition, atmospheric condition, there is a higher chance, probably bacterial for honeymoons, basic plants, non-advanced civilization, but that would be, again, an important, Discover, like we're not the only life form in the universe. And that could be, yeah, that's why we search for this planet. That's one of the things that I studied in college as well, was one of the things I really was passionate about it the way we can actually search for extraterrestrial planet. So outside our solar system, there are different techniques because obviously planets are not that bright like the star. but we do, we observe a star, for example. The star produces lights at the same level, and sometimes we saw like a a glitch, a drip in that light. It's like, what's going on? It was the planet orbiting in front of the light. The planet was between our telescope and the stars. So reducing the amount of light reaching us. And it was like kind of like a cyclic one. So it's like, okay, there is something orbiting around the stars. And that's how we discovered that our stars, the sun, is not the only one having a planetary system. There are so many of there. And also we search especially the one we call habitable zone, which is the same distance between the sun and the earth. So we believe those are the best conditions for developing life. And also we observe stars that are actually the same characteristic, the same size of the sun. So we are we trying really hard to find a similar planet with a similar condition outside our solar system. So in, in, in our within our galaxy, because that's the limit wow.
0: now. Well, you know you know, I'm not sleeping tonight, and I'm going to be thinking about all of this. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yes, oh, I spent so many nights not sleeping thinking about it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh,
0: well, my, my, my question is always, if there is life, you know, with cool technology in advance, why would they come to Earth? You know, a planet that, we as we know, is dying, basically. Why would they come here? <laughs>
1: oh, well, probably with the same spirit, we will go for so like, for spirit of exploration and Yeah, science. probably. Uh, probably, yeah. But again, if they need the sun... Yeah, no, we were waiting for them, obviously, absolutely. But also, it's a big effort that require a really advanced technology. And I'm pretty sure that if someone will reach out, reach out with arrive on Earth, they won't hide themselves. They will probably, you know, make their presence, like, obvious.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> now, speak, speaking of stars, uh, you said, you know, to the sun as well, this might be a very stupid question, uh, but I'll ask you this anyway. Can a star ever turn into a planet? and Or is that not possible at all? Is that a very stupid question, which it probably is? No, it's <laughs> not actually is, a stupid this, question. This is, this is from somebody who, said who, does, who likes science but doesn't understand it. So it's, <laughs> is this at all possible? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is, it is in a way that, like, stars, like, stars, I, I mentioned before, stars have, like, a, they start, like, you know, a star born and died. like, it has, like, a life, mm. a lifespan. Is They're not, like, they're not, like, they know like they do not last forever. And the way they end, like, from, you know, their, their, their death, let's call it death of a star, really depends on the initial mass. So, to make it short and easy to understand, if a star is big enough, it can, when it dies, explodes and release all the gas that contain in the star and what left behind is their core then towards the evolution to become rocky and solid. and That could be kind of a planet. It's a body. It's called like, like yeah, the brown dwarf or the white dwarf. But And if it's kind of like cold with no emission of light and body, just go and travel around the universe that can be captured by another star and they can become a new planet for their planetary system. So that's possible. It really depends <laughs> you no, it does. We are observing them like it really depends on the initial mass of the star. Some stars that just explode and the explosion is so big they destroy also the core. So there's nothing left behind. And it's just a giant gas, clouds of gas that would be then Collide again and form a new star. So it's actually a good, efficient recycling system in the universe. So from the depth of a star, there's a lot of material, gas that can be recollect together and create a new star or maybe a planet. So it's like, a, like a, almost an infinite cycle. Cycles. And the good thing that I like to think about it, all the molecules, all the atoms on this gas, they ended up being in a planet, on the planet. They are the same atoms and molecules that actually made us. So we are basically stars, made oh. from the stars. And it's true. I always give a star. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, we are made of the same material that our stars are made of. And also, I, I did not know. Think that. About, <laughs> yes, and also there's a really, yeah, and also think about it, everything. So even our brain is made of the same atoms and molecules from the star, and now that brain names itself as a brain and is trying to figure out how the star works, which is kind of like in. Like that keeps keeps me up at night all
0: the time. Like it's literally it is. mind blowing. It's literally. It is mind blowing. <laughs> literally the same
1: the same atoms that made like they were in the star millions of years ago. Now are our brain, and the same brain is trying to figure out how the universe and the star works, which is crazy. <laughs> like
0: wow, that's yeah. No, that, I mean wow. Now, now you just completely blow my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah then go- going on to uh, the moon <laughs> so um, because someone colleague worker, I believe he explained that the, he told me a picture of the different theories on how the moon was formed. now, I know that there are different moons, I believe a different planet, but the moon that we see up in the sky, uh are you able to tell us again to someone? like a child like me <laughs> with science. How, how was the moon formed? Uh, do we know or are there different theories?
1: There's obviously there are like, there's so many like hypotheses and like on, about the formation of the moon. And uh, apparently one of the last one, the recent one, which is seems to be one of the favorite one among scientists is the one probably your colleague mentioned was like, the fact that we call it the giant impact hypothesis. Oh, as you say, you want to know like, like trying to explain as a child, the big splash is also good. <laughs> so again, during the first, I said, the early stages of our solar system, when planets were forming, so the Earth, the Mars, Jupiter, and our sun, it was a young sun still, you know, um, there was a lot, as I mentioned before, a lot of material gases, around the universe, those gases and particles start to collide together because of gravity. Gravity is always the big director of our universe. So particle gas that become maybe pieces of rocks and things that start to collide together. And like the gravity works like that. A body always attracts another body. And if the body is bigger, it has a bigger attraction to the other body. So the more gas and particles are colliding together, the bigger, the rocks and the protoplanet was forming, it was keep attracting other stuff. So what happened probably, so at the very early stage in, the, in our solar system, there probably were so many other bodies that couldn't be a planet going around. Like imagine like a, a pool match, when you just like, you're hoping the pool matches, all these kind of balls going around, impacting to each other. So we do believe that, a planet called, I can't remember the name now, I think it's called like Theia from Greek mythology which was a titan which you also like it was the Titan that created Selene which is the goddess of the moon. So everything we used Greek mythology in astronomy a lot. So basically what happened during the formation of the solar system we do believe that basically yeah what happened like like a giant, like, kind of protoplanet impact the, the early, like, the youngest, the young Earth is basically exploding a few material. And that was actually the moon. So people believe that the moon was formed by the Earth, or people believe that scientists believe that, like, two different small planets collided together, captured by the gravity of the Earth. And then here we go, we have the moon, and it starts to rotate, like, you know, around the earth. So yeah, it's hard to tell, but that's, yeah, the big impact seems to be the most like
0: possible explanation. Well, okay, wow, well, again, that's literally <laughs> mind blowing. That's it. And uh, Yeah, the early
1: solar system wasn't like a pleasant place to be. There was a lot of explosion impacts, and like... yeah, it. that's
0: what I'm getting from our conversation that there's a lot of things exploding, a lot of things crashing into each other, and it's uh, not, ah, it's and it still kind are kind yeah. of yes. like a war still going on up there. The and stars. it still is, like, <laughs> yeah, we don't see it
1: because you know, in terms of astronomical speaking, times are so big, but we still galaxy are moving towards each other there are galaxy collapsing to another galaxy or oh, solar system that's why i probably say the world the best case scenario is going to be five billions left on this planet but god know what happened like an asteroid could eat <laughs> our planet and change everything so like yeah the universe is really like unpredictable
0: yeah so, so, spe- speaking of that um you know about asteroids so how, how because again think about hollywood movies you know like deep impact and armageddon and movies like that uh, an asteroid is coming towards Earth and basically, you know, destroying the Earth. More or less, how likely is that to happen? Because I believe recently, from what I read, there was an asteroid that was close to Earth in early November from what I remember reading. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just to add anything more like,
1: in this kind yeah, of situation. because like,
0: that's what 2020 needs now is an asteroid coming close to Earth.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's very unlikely, but it's possible. Yeah. it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. And it's not like a, a risk that we need to underestimate. And actually, there are a few observation centers around our planet. And we actually keep monitoring monitoring the sky and and the deep, like part of our solar system. Again, like for the Pluto situation, there, there's so many asteroids that can be tra- travel because the sun has a big impact in terms of gravity. So it can actually attract those big rocks. They're like basically giant high ball going around the universe. And there's a chance, a possibility, if, like one of them change its course. Because in impact to another object in the solar system, they can be deviated towards Earth. So it's not like, of this is not something that happens every day, obviously. But we have also a system in place, and also actually a plan in case we actually observe something. They're like I can remember now, there are different levels of like alerts depending on the size of the rocks or the size of the asteroid that can they might collide here. But like yeah, we do have like we have like my side, like rocket shield something that we shoot at them before in the there's so many things so what we see in the movie is not really far from reality hopefully wow. one will happen <laughs> we know we have a synthetic proof that asteroid that actually was the cause of the dinosaurs it's mm, a okay. massive station and that was one of the last one they heard and it created a huge impact on our planet it almost wiped out 70 to 80 percent of life form on Earth. Thank God life is really resilient and then eventually will develop some of that. And that when mammals become the big, you know, mm. the, the Do,
0: big like
1: we can,
0: uh, we can shoot down an asteroid if it comes close to Earth. <laughs> hopefully we'll be able
1: to, yeah, we'll be able to. But yeah, it's possible, it's possible. And there is a scientific problem behind, we're monitoring. We're monitoring and we like, we are constantly looking at the sky and just in case we'd be, Ready in case there is an asteroid in my impact with the Earth. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, okay. Well. Now I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know you've kept you long enough now. Um, no problem. But then to uh, to to finish off, we haven't even spoken about black holes, which could be uh, its own its own topic. But I, I suppose it as as easily as you can to explain to someone again because i have I've always been fascinated with Black Hole, but don't really understand what they are. Is it, my image of it, as we mentioned that there was a first ever photograph of Black Hole a few oh, years cool, ago. Yeah. Um, is it something that kind of sucks everything into it? And that's, uh, it, you know, does time stand still or go backward? Because I saw the movie Interstellar. Didn't really understand it all, but
1: Interstellar is a great movie, but it went too far, obviously. Because, but there's a reason why, like okay. black hole, like we don't fully understand them yet. Also, oh, not know just a lot behind. <laughs> no, 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 no. We know a lot behind, and uh, obviously, the general relativity, like law, like Einstein, help us to explain a lot of like phenomenon in, in the universe. But like even that Einstein theory. It's limited when it comes to black holes. So, yeah, the, this like sorry, black holes. Do, what is a black hole? Let's just try to explain this.
0: <laughs> it's a very simple question with a simple answer. Absolutely, no, no. It's not It's a very complicated question,
1: but at the same time, we can actually find a way to explain it easily. So, again, a black hole is one of the possibly possible ways that a star, a star ends. So, again, a star is big. Explode, leave behind a small like core, then probably become cold and then become like a rock, like navigating and like wandering in the universe. If the stars is big enough, when it's like in during this like its life, it's big enough. There is actually a, a critical mass. After that critical mass, we know for sure that the star when it's gonna be over, when it's gonna be dead, will generate a black hole and that's why. The gas, the star has a giant ball of gas burning from the inside with nuclear explosion. So it's basically hell. We love the star, they're so romantic, but it's like, it's not really a nice place to be. And like the sun as well. So what happened is like a, like a star is basically an object in constant, in constant battle between the explosion that is happening inside the star and the gravity trying to collapse it. So the, like the, the nuclear of the star is like nuclear reaction that tend to let those gases explode, expand in the universe. At the same time, gravity tend to compress it. When they find the right balance, even we go. we have a star, this giant sphere of gas burning, this gas is not infinite. After a while, the gas will be over. And then what happened when the gas is over, gravity will take control and compress it. So the star will release the gas for like long, like physical and like phenomenon. I'm not explaining it now, but long story short, at the end of the day, if the star is big enough, gravity will collapse all the gas in one small, say small in terms of like astronomical small object that is so compressed, that is so hot inside that basically the gravity is, basically to give you an example, maybe like a giant stars, all compressing a smaller one. What happened, the gravity is so strong in that object, because I will mention before, the bigger an object it is, the biggest the gravity, the attraction it has. So in, in a black hole, the star is like, the um, gravity is so strong that even the light, the light, which is the most, is like the fastest things in the universe, Can leave that object. So basically it will revert back. And that's why it's black, because it's impossible to see, because even the lights can leave the surface. And then, yeah, to get back to your point, does a black hole suck everything? Not really, in a way. If you are close enough, yes, you can be trapped from the gravity that you ended up in a black hole, which is not a pleasant experience. (laughs) But if you actually far enough, you can still, there are like stars that gravitate around black holes. And the reason why we were able to take a picture is because we could observe the gas that were being sucked into another star, so this kind of ring of fire around this black dot, and that's a black hole with the, like, trying to, yeah. So, again, the black hole, yes, it sucks everything. It won't suck everything unless you get too close. To come back to 2020, social distancing, <laughs> social distancing and you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> and, and if you, well, so. I don't think I have any follow-up questions to, to that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. explain, explain, well. To I try experts. to explain,
1: explain, and, it's, okay. not, it's very complicated, but like, to give an idea of what it is, it's okay. not like a, yeah, it's a star that basically is so compressed that it mm.
0: attracts everything, even the lights. So that's why it's like, it's impossible to see. And, and to, does the time stand still or is it? does it, Does it matter? (laughs) That's another. And that's yeah. That's 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 one of the questions that we still don't
1: know the answer. Like, uh, so basically, like. We know that black holes are like everywhere in the universe. There's a giant one in the, in the center of our galaxy, but it doesn't suck all the galaxies, so we are fine. Oh God, don't worry about it. <laughs> we
0: don't. Need so to again, have like a list of concerns, in no, no, absolutely,
1: wow. absolutely. <laughs> uh,
0: so we don't actually. We we can we can we
1: we are able recently enough to observe them. We know they exist. There about their resistance. so we know. Before it was a theory. When Einstein developed this equation, we didn't know. So, according to this equation, they were explaining how the universe works, how gravity works. Then we say, okay, if those equations are true, we should observe black holes, but we've never seen them before. Now we do. So, that's another proof that the Isen theory is actually valid. But Isen theory is a limitation. We don't know, we can't explain what's going on inside a black hole. Because, first of all, it's impossible to go, <laughs> if you want yeah. Well, I don't think we will survive. You can't even send like, like a spirit like we did on Mars. Obviously, everyone mm-hmm. will be crushed and things, so it's <laughs> impossible it to know. According to this equation, if the theory is correct, basically, what we know is basically, it's obviously behind our knowledge, but there is um, one of the solution of this equation. Let us think that we found basically a situation called the care space time from the scientists. Science is not, even you know, the space time, what, up, what happened across the, the black hole or inside the black hole. So we know this, everything is happening inside the black hole. Possibly is not time dependent, it's time independent, which is, that means that basically nothing in that place happens over time. Now, on our knowledge of time, if you are in a place where everything is still, nothing moves, nothing changed, a o'clock, how can you tell if time is passing? You won't be able to tell it. So we kind of believe like probably everything is still, so possibly the time too. Because the, re- the only reason why we know that time is passing on Earth, for example, is because we see events like the sun rising, the sun setting, things are moving, we are getting old. But if you are in a place where nothing changed, there's no changing the environment around you, everything is still, time doesn't have a meaning anymore, at least. Because if nothing moves forever, there's no like, concept of time, the way we perceive it is basically. So we can kind of say that right, yeah. everything is still, so probably the time too.
0: Right, okay. That, that's a great explanation, I think, to <laughs> make me understand. I know, sorry, it's not
1: really that confusing that, obviously, it's so many no, no, things I, I far really, away I from think... me, to know the answer, because again, like, study astrophysics 15 years ago, lots no, I, of improvement. I feel like I'm, le-
0: I generally feel like I'm learning a lot here. Now this, this I'm is, I'm I'm nearly fin- I'll nearly finish up now, but this is, might be a bit random, but something I'm curious about, because from what I've read, the Great Wall of China, um, I read it, this was the only man-made object that's visible from space. Is that, do you know if that's true, first of all, and if so, do you know how that's possible. Again, very easy questions, but do you I mean I've no, never been to space, so maybe you don't know. But from what Never been it, to space. <laughs> further I know, maybe you have. Uh, you never haven't I told have. us. <laughs> but is do you know if that's if that's possible and why the Great Wall of China would be the only man made object that would be visible from space if that's true.
1: Uh, I well, think that was like something that'd been spread is like it's just not by I think it is a myth, unfortunately (laughs) it's a myth. It would be nice, it is a myth. I think it was something that probably would be like spread by like some Chinese astronaut back in the day. I don't know the story behind to be honest with you, but what I know that is a, is is a, is a, is a a urban legend, it's a myth because even that the, yeah, the Great Wall of China is big, long construction. I think it's thinking to be actually be observable from the universe, at least from a low, even from a lower orbit. With naked eye, obviously, if you use a telescope, say for example, you use a telescope on an instrument while you're on the on the moon or mm. maybe international space station, probably you'll be able to see it. But like but, naked eyes, is not true. It's obviously okay. possible. <laughs> I think there are so many other things actually be able to be observed because the way we built up our planet. So maybe like highways or city because the lights, uh, the way we actually change the shape of our soil, destroying mountain and things. So those no, are probably easy to spot rather than the, the, yeah, the Great Wall of China. So unfortunately, yeah, it's a myth. Yeah,
0: it's a myth. Okay, so that was, uh, let's clear that up then. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a myth that we, we know, can we see. Know. And then the final, yeah, yeah. Question, the final question then, um, you will be happy to to know is, you mentioned as well that you love, you know, sci-fi. We spoke a little bit about the Martian and about Interstellar, but as a person who knows a lot about science and astronomy, Do you ever get frustrated when sci-fi series and books and movies, when they get things wrong, you know, about Uh, science? Because someone like me wouldn't know, probably wouldn't care. But as a scientist, as someone who's studied science, do you ever get frustrated? And do do you have any examples?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I do get frustrated. (laughs) But then I remind myself it's just a show and Right. uh look there are so many sci-fi like one of the recent one i've been seeing actually looking forward for the new season to be released in a few days is uh the response
0: I, I remember i was going to say that <laughs> the is great I and i think it's that. like yeah it's very
1: sci-fi all uh, i think the science behind is great obviously it's a sci-fi tv show but was, for example one thing that bothers me a lot is like space explosion obviously it wouldn't be the same if you're watching a movie and there is a giant spaceship exploding in the universe and you can't hear the sound because the sound doesn't really travel well in almost a void space. But obviously in movie there's always the sound effect, which it makes sense because, you know, like, the sound effect is, you know, complementary to the visual of the explosion. Could you imagine watching a movie in space when every time, every time there is an explosion, it's completely silenced, It wouldn't be the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. We can, I can forgive that. But there are a few. But like, again, it's an you know it's a show that's supposed to entertain you. It's not a documentary. So sure,
0: I I think that's uh, you know like we mentioned with Ridley Scott, who t- talked about uh, the Martian that the storm on Mars that they couldn't find out another way to, <laughs> to, to make it. No, like, I am. so
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's like this one Well,
0: well I, I think that's the, that's all that I have. Um, you must be very tired yourself with all the explanation. <laughs> I feel like, I've, I I think, you know, I speak for many people, you know, whoever is listening is that I'm going to start a petition. To try and get Netflix to give you your own show, <laughs> to, yeah, where you can explain yeah. just science things because you were interesting and you Look, made it under, understandable. <laughs> well, there's so many
1: people out there, obviously more qualified than I am. Like, for example, one of my uh, mates is like uh, uh, Brian like, Cox. Oh, Brian Cox is really good at explaining. And Neil Spanish- Tegri, Python. Yeah, as well too. But like, I'm a big fan of Brian Cox. I've been on a live show last year in Dublin and it was mind-blowing even oh. if it, a lot of things that I knew it a lot of like, like more detail, the way is playing very complex like topics and like it, it's yeah. obviously again thanks that was really nice yeah, and thank I, you really enjoy our chat but I yeah. apologize to all the sciences up there if I probably say some like something is not possibly correct just to try to explain in a simple way so but yeah again I think as, I I'm think passionate it about bad. it.
0: No, yeah, it, we can see that. No, it's, I feel like I've learned a lot. So again, thank you very much. And hopefully we can, we can meet each other soon. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Thanks. So that was my conversation with Antonio Apostolico. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you once again to Antonio for taking the time to speak to me and answer my dumb questions about astronomy. Um, and hopefully we can speak very soon. Uh, so, if you wanted to, if you enjoyed this podcast and this episode and wanted to help, you can do so in a number of ways. You could, first of all, subscribe if you wanted to get all episodes automatically wherever you listen to podcasts, which I believe I forgot to mention in previous episodes. You can also uh, rate and review this podcast if you so wish. You can do so on Apple Podcasts. You can also go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash short to speaks with. And the links are in the show notes. You can. Uh, rate and review different places at that link and if you wanted to appear on the podcast and speak to me about any topic that you have expertise on or you enjoy talking about or any book you may be writing or anything at all you can contact me at short speakswits.com forward slash be my guest and again the link is in the show notes so uh, thank you as always for listening to everyone and uh, next week excitingly I am joined by Empire film critic, podcaster, and author Helen O'Hara. So please join me for that. Until then, take care, everyone. Goodbye.